Today's message and our next installment of Connect the Dots is called Loyalty. Go ahead and tell the person next to you, Loyalty. I felt the direction for this message last Sunday, and I kind of argued with God a little bit about it. I'm like, I don't really want to talk about that. And if you've ever argued with God, you know that he's always right. So he won, and today we're talking about loyalty. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Then you'll find favor with both God and people, and you'll earn a good reputation. Another version says, put loyalty in your hearts. If you're loyal, then you'll find favor, and you'll have a good reputation. Loyalty is just wholehearted confidence. You might have loyalty to a sports team, maybe the Jets or the Giants. My family's into the Cowboys. <laughs> One person is over there, too. <laughs> uh, you might have loyalty to a brand. My husband likes Ford vehicles, so we've had Fords the whole time we've been married. Somebody back there likes Fords. Okay. We have iPhones. We love Apple products. Anybody? Okay. My favorite clothing brand is Maurice's. I just like their clothes. Maybe you have loyalty to a business. Some of you had the same hairstylist for the last 20 years, which is awesome. Come on. You have loyalty to your doctor, maybe your favorite coffee place. Like, you drive out of your way to go to that place because they have the best coffee beans. If you run a business, you want customer loyalty. Employee loyalty is a company's most valuable resource. Maybe you have loyalty to our country, loyalty to family and friends. When you're loyal, you believe the best about people. You stick with them and you stick up for them. Anybody can believe the worst, but loyal people believe the best. They have each other's back. Uh, for example, I am loyal to Hope Church. I'm loyal to people of hope. Come on. If I come up to someone in the store this week and they're like, well, somebody from Hope Church, they had a Hope Church bumper sticker on their car, they totally cut me off in traffic. Can you believe someone from your church would do that? If they said that to me, even if I don't know you, I'm going to defend you. I'm going to say, maybe you didn't see them. Maybe there was a sun flare in your eye or they were in your blind spot. And even if they're like, no, 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 they saw me, they were like, throwing up their hands at me and waving their arms, I'm going to say, they're probably listening to Sunday's live stream and worshiping Jesus. Your goodness surrounds me. That's probably what they were doing. And let's say maybe you actually did have a bad day and you drove like a jerk. Okay, what does it hurt for me to give you the benefit of a doubt? Jesus said, let he who is without sin throw the first stone. So instead of throwing stones, we want to be people who catch them and cover the offense. Instead of passing on an offense, come on, it stops with us. Proverbs 17.9 says, A person who covers an offense pursues love, but one who repeats the matter separates friends. A person who forgives an offense, who covers it with mercy just like Jesus covers us with his blood. A person who does that pursues love. Someone who keeps bringing things up who repeats things to other people, causes division, and separates friends. Loyal people who are told something about someone else doesn't repeat it. They don't repeat it. They stop it. 
Covering an offense doesn't mean we're covering up wrongdoing. It doesn't mean we're lying. It's not sweeping anything under the rug or ignoring it. It's just like covering a shift at work for someone. It's standing in the gap for them. It's covering them publicly and then addressing things privately. So maybe you're like, this is what was said about you. I can't believe that that's actually true, though. What's really going on? How can I help you? It's better to believe the best and be wrong than assume the worst and be right or wrong. When I was in high school, I had a teacher. She told my parents I was driving 90 miles per hour down the highway. And that was not true. And I got in trouble. And she told some other teachers and some friends. And she lost credibility with me because she assumed that that person was me and they weren't me. I do speed, but I only go 10 miles over the speed limit. <laughs> it's better to assume the best about people. But what if we assume the best and we're wrong? What if you go to bat for someone and you find out they actually did the thing that someone else was complaining about? Someone was talking about my friend's wife a few years ago, and he instantly responded with, she would never do that. I love his gut reaction today. My wife would never, he believed the best about her. And I think at the time he was actually wrong. Like she did the thing that they were talking about, but he gained so much respect. And honestly, we don't even remember what the thing was they were talking about. We just remember he stood up for his wife. She would never do that. He defended her. And even though he was wrong, he could talk to her about it later and figure it out and they could grow from it. The first point today is that loyal people cover publicly and correct privately. Yes. Loyal people cover publicly and correct privately. Or you could say, and coach privately. We like to say correct because we believe correction is for direction. It's not rejection. If you really love someone, you'll correct them. You'll help their life. You'll say things that sharpen them, things that they need to hear. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers and sisters, even if a person is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, restoring people. Loyalty doesn't discard people when they make a mistake, doesn't look down on them, doesn't judge them, definitely doesn't talk about them. Loyal people restore other people. And that takes commitment. It means not giving up on them, even in good and bad times in sickness and in health, no matter what. Loyalty is not conditional, and that's what makes it so powerful. It's a wholehearted confidence that does not falter. Second point today is that loyal people are committed. Loyal people are committed. And one of my favorite examples of loyalty comes from 2 Samuel 15. So we have King David, and his son Absalom is trying to take over the throne. And so David and all of his people are on the run. They are forced to flee the city. And as David and his allies are leaving, he stops and watches everybody on his team pass by. He sees servants, bodyguards, mercenaries. He sees his whole family. And we'll pick it up in verse 16. So the king and his entire household escaped on foot. And so they left step by step and then paused at the last house as the whole army passed by. All the Carathites, Pelethites, and 600 Gittites who had marched with him from Gath, went past. The king called out to Ittai the Gittite. I think that's a cool name. Ittai the Gittite. What are you doing here, Ittai? 
go back with King Absalom. You're a stranger here, and you're freshly uprooted from your own country. You arrived yesterday, and I'm going to let you take your chances with us and live on the road like a gypsy? Go back and take your family with you, and God's grace and truth go with you. He's saying, uh, Itai, you don't have to fight this battle. You arrived yesterday. You don't owe us any loyalty. We don't even have a plan, really. We're just going to be on the run like gypsies. It will be better for you to go back to King Absalom. You can be in the palace. It'll be a life of luxury. Absalom doesn't have a problem with you. He has a problem with me. But Ittai replies, you are the king. Verse 21, Ittai answered, as God lives and my master the king lives, where my master is, that's where I'll be, whether it means life or death. All right, said David, go ahead. And they went on, Ittai the Gittite, with all his men and all the children he had with him. I love that. No matter what happens, Ittai's saying, I'm committed to you. We could die or we might live. I'm committed to you. And not just me, the 600 people that I'm responsible for. Why was Ittai loyal to David? I mean, he just got in town yesterday. It doesn't really tell us, but we know that Ittai was a Philistine from Gath. Do you know who else was a Philistine from Gath? Goliath, Goliath yes. Maybe Ittai was at the battle where David deleted, defeated, deleted, also defeated, also beheaded Goliath. Maybe he was at that battle where he defeated him with a slingshot. Or maybe he had heard about it and he heard about how, how God was with David. The hearts of the people were with Absalom, but God was with David. Ittai was choosing the winning team. When times were good, everybody wanted to follow David. There were ladies singing songs about how amazing he was. Guys wanted to be his mighty men. But when times were bad, many people turned against him. That's because trials reveal the loyal people in your life. Loyal people, they are committed no matter what. Even if it's not the popular thing or the most easy or even really the logical thing. Even though it would have been easy for Ittai to be disloyal in the short term, and no one would have blamed him, he found favor in the long term. Remember Proverbs 3, never let loyalty and kindness leave you, then you'll find favor with God and people. He was loyal and he found favor with God. He found favor with David. So David goes on to promote him from leading 600 men to leading a third of David's entire army, which is thousands of men. And they would go on to defeat Absalom's armies. Which, I mean, in, in hindsight, it's like that was a good choice. But when he was choosing to be loyal to David, he could have died. And he chose loyalty anyway. Our connections will go to a new level when we choose to be committed through the long haul. Through thick and thin, the good times and the bad times, the better and worse times. I read a story this week about two guys. Their names were Jim and Philip, and they went to high school together. They were best friends. They went to college together. They played in sports together. They joined the Marines together. And they ended up going overseas and fighting in Germany. And they were out on the battlefield, and Philip comes running back, and Jim isn't there. And he asks his commanding officer, I need to go back for my friend. And the officer's like, no way, you can't do that. And anyway, he did it. He went after him. And he got to his friend. He comes back hobbling to his officer. 
with his friend's body. And the officer's like, you're crazy. You could have been killed. He was already dead. And he said, no, sir. I got there just before he died. His last words were that I knew you would come back. Come on. I knew you would come back. That's what I want our friends and our family to say about us. I knew you would come back. I knew you would have my back. I knew you were committed. I knew you were loyal. I knew I could count on you. Is there an area where you're tempted to stop committing? God is saying, stay committed. He honors faithful, consistent, committed people. Pastor Dave taught us about a long obedience in the same direction. Keep moving forward where God is leading you for a long time in the same direction that he sent you. Keep being loyal. Keep being consistent. Keep being committed. The Bible says promotion doesn't come from the north or the south. It comes from the Lord. Think about all the opportunities for promotion, for loyalty in your life. At your job, showing up on time or even early, not getting distracted by social media or taking phone calls at work, talking about your work as a blessing, even if it's not, because God honors your wholeheartedness. He will promote you at the proper time. Loyalty with your family, putting them first after God instead of hobbies or work, or maybe defending someone in your family, like your crazy aunt who really is crazy, and saying good things about her because you're a person of loyalty. Instead of throwing stones, choosing to catch those stones and cover the offense and restore the person. Come on. <laughs> loyalty with your friends. Caring about them enough to confront them about the things that are hurting their life instead of being so concerned about what they think of you. Putting them first by serving them. That's loyalty. If you go from relationship to relationship to relationship, every time someone does something you don't agree with, you're going to miss out on real connections that can help your life. I love our church because it is built on loyal people, people who are wholehearted in happy times and sad times, faithful people who are committed to each other and committed to Jesus no matter what. They're loyal people of hope who are here to serve those who aren't even here yet. Come on. Our church is for, full of loyal people who are planted and they're flourishing. People who are faithful with their tithes and offerings and seeing God pour out so much blessing they can't store it. Loyal people who are committed to sharpening other people and being sharpened themselves. Loyal people who are taking next steps towards Jesus and watching him transform their lives. Come on. Just like Lily today getting baptized. That was so good. Just like Ittai with David, he had only been there since yesterday. You belong from the moment that you walk in the door. You don't have to believe what we believe in order to belong. I mean, Ittai was basically on the enemy team of David, but he joined him. You belong first, no matter what, and you believe if you choose to, and you become more of who God created you to be, because he's the one who changes our lives. You don't have to know everything about God. You don't have to know everything about Hope Church to be a part. You can have as much or as little as you want. You don't have to hold back. Sometimes we're afraid to commit to things all the way. 
We don't want to get too excited. But with God, you don't have to protect yourself. There's no too excited. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Come on. You can be confident that nothing done for him is a waste. You can literally throw yourself into everything your hand finds to do wholeheartedly. You don't have to be afraid of going all in, in the wrong direction. You don't have to worry about wasting time or energy <clears throat> on the wrong thing. Come on. A lot of people think that following Jesus is just about doing the right thing, and that's religion, and that's not what he's about. He's about us living our lives to the fullest in a relationship with him as he helps us to be who he created us to be, enjoying life and thriving. There is a king in Second Chronicles. His name is King Amaziah. He did the right thing. Second Chronicles 25.2 says, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. But not with a loyal heart. Another translation says, but not wholeheartedly. People look at what we do, but God is interested in our hearts. You could be doing all the right things, but if your heart is divided, then your actions will be divided too. And Amaziah did the right things for a time, he worshiped God, and he also worshiped some other gods from other countries. He's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's fine. But it actually led to his downfall because his heart wasn't whole. The third point today is that loyal people love completely. Loyal people love completely. They're wholehearted. Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, the complete thing, the whole thing. Not because he needs that, because he wants to relate to us. And because when we're wholehearted, it's better for us. James 1 says, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. Now, that's a tough verse, but what it's saying is when we feel unsettled, when we feel blown around by the wind and the waves, and we all do at times, it could be a symptom that our loyalty is divided. It could be a symptom that we're placing our faith on something that's not God. Faith in a relationship, faith in a job, faith in our finances or a friend, faith in something that can't sustain us like God can. When life feels unstable, that's a great opportunity to ask, what am I basing my loyalty on? And to course correct, to put it back on God. There will be times when we feel divided loyalty. And in those moments, we take those things to God and he covers us and he's faithful to restore us. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Jesus is always loyal, even when we're not. 
He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. 